Welcome to Church in the Basement, where we seek to see God more clearly and to live a life loving God and loving others. Have you ever had a friend who changed your life in some way? And I mean that in the sense that they could have helped influence your life in a in a monumentous way or a minute way. Maybe you were going through a time in your life where you really needed some support, just someone to be there in the midst of what you were going through. Maybe as you were processing through some decisions in your life, uh, they helped shape your thinking and helped you process really well. Maybe in a time where you felt insecure, that they brought an element of safety to your life. Friends are very important, and they can change your life and influence you um, in either major ways or, or small ways. And as we enter into chapter 11 of John's gospel, we're going to see that Jesus had friends. Uh, we're going to first talk about who these friends were and the kind of love that Jesus had for these friends. So, in John chapter 11, it says, Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, He whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, This illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Let's pause there for a moment and sort of set the stage for the story because this story is huge. It is the last outward miracle that Jesus will do um, before his road to the cross. And it's quite remarkable. It points to what he has done for us, his care for us. And that starts with who these characters in the story are. Of course, we have Jesus, who we've been following, but we see this Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. So Mary, Martha, Mary and Martha, we've seen before, as, as it says, uh, this, this Mary is the one who anointed Jesus's feet with perfume. We have not yet read that story in the Gospel of John. It comes up in John 12, but the other Gospels record this, and uh, they have been circulating before John wrote this Gospel, so it would be a well-known story. John is simply pointing the reader to some characters that they would already know of through the other Gospels. But we also see in Luke chapter 10, we see a little blurb about Mary and Martha and sort of get some insight of who these ladies are. It says in Luke 10, verse 38, Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, 
and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Many people walk away from this story, sort of lumping themselves as a Martha or a Mary, but they both have pros and cons about the way they think and feel. And we'll see that through this story that as many would call Martha sort of the villain and, and Mary as, as the one who chose rightly, sort of like this Cain and Abel situation, we see that that is very much um, a, a fallacy and, and that both of them have merit in the way that they think and they feel, just like us as human beings. And then we have Lazarus. We have Lazarus, and Lazarus was a very common name. Jesus makes uh, mention to uh, Lazarus in a parable, um, but Lazarus was a very common name. It comes from the Old Testament name Eleazar, um, which means God helps or the one who God helps. Um, so a very common name in Hebrew culture. So we've got Martha, we have Mary, and we have their brother. Many scholars believe that this location in Bethany, their village, was a place where Jesus and his disciples would maybe stop often. And we see through this text, we see the word love used. Now there are two different kinds of love that are explained here. The Lord, or it says in, in verse 3, it says, Lord he whom you love is ill. Now, this kind of love is phileo love, to be a friend of. So it, it shows this kind of intimacy to go on. It says to have affection for, denoting personal attachment. This is from Strong's Concordance. So this is this this personal intimacy. And we've seen this through the Gospel of John. We just got out of a portion where, uh, of Scripture where Jesus is talking about his sheep and how his sheep know him and he knows his sheep. Many of us maybe look at Jesus and we are still wrestling with maybe a childhood thought of God that God is far off, that he came to earth and he had friends and they were called the disciples. And that he knew them and they knew him because they walked together every day. But Jesus had friends. Jesus had friends before, um, before he even came to earth. In the Old Testament, we see um, even mentioned in, in James, uh, the, the letter that James wrote in the New Testament, that because of Moses' belief in Jesus and that he looked at Jesus as a friend who changed and influenced his life, that as he believed in Jesus, heard his voice, and followed the voice of God, that he was seen as the 
friend, a friend of God. That what, what equates one with being a friend of God is that there is some monumentous change in your life. That your friendship with God, your intimacy with God would change the direction of your life, would change the focus of your life. We see this kind of love used when, when uh, they are talking about the relationship between Lazarus and Jesus, this friendship. We also see in John 15, it says, uh, John fifteen fifteen. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friend, for all that I have heard from the Father, I have main, made known to you. So we see that there is a friendship that that we can have with Jesus in intimacy. And, and we talked about that as Jesus, the good shepherd, right? That he's calling us into that kind of knowing, that kind of intimacy. And there's a little bit of a play in scripture between the word to know. Um, we see Jesus talk about how um, there's the parable of the virgins that, that in Matthew 25, where Jesus is talking about some who prepared for the the wedding feast really well. Um, and then there were some others who went out and had to prepare last minute, right? And when those who prepared last minute, they missed the wedding feast and they came back and they said, okay, Jesus, we're ready. And he says, I did not know you. In Matthew 7, we also see Jesus talking about those who perform miracles and, and, and did things in his name, but he says, depart from me, I did not know you. And we would maybe see somebody like Judas, right, who walked with Jesus, who, who performed miracles with him, like cast out demons and saw healings happen, like he did ministry with Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the Messiah, the Son of God, the Son of Man. Yet in the end, he chose greed over his friend. So was Jesus even his friend? So we see that, that there is this knowing, this intimacy, this care that Jesus has for us and that we have for Jesus that steers our life in a certain direction, that steers our mind in a certain direction and steers our hearts in a certain direction that we are called into friendship with God. And this is highlighted in this text. We see that Jesus loved Lazarus, at least Lazarus like this. And I think we'll come to understand that he loved Mary and Martha this way too. Do you, do you see yourself as knowing Jesus on this level, this intimacy? Do you approach scripture and prayer and, and times of silence and solitude with the Lord where you are coming to your friend? Yes, your God, the God who created you and purposed you. But he is also calling you into a friendship, an intimacy that you would not simply be a servant, but a friend as well. Because you have heard the things that the Father has made known to him as he reveals his plan, his grand rescue plan, and invites you in to participate. Do you see Jesus as a friend? I want you to ask yourself that over the next, uh, over the weekend.
uh, over the next few days. I don't know when you're listening to this. But would you ask that question? Do you see Jesus as a friend? Because he's calling you into friendship. We see in scripture, it's, it's all over the place. Then we see Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. And this is a different kind of love that's, that's being used here. And this is in verse 5. Um, now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So it, it's sort of this all-encompassing picture, you know, shaping the picture of Jesus' relationship with these people, these friends of his. It says um, this kind of love is actually uh, agapao. Uh, I believe I'm saying that right. And it's to love in sort of a more social or moral sense. And what I would equate this to is John has laid the groundwork within this scripture or within this gospel to explain this kind of love as well. That Jesus has made his love available to the whole world and is calling everyone into a desire for him, just a general desire that we would seek after him. We see from John 15 that the friend kind of love, it, he says, no longer do I call you servants. So obviously there is some form of relationship whereas the, where as you discover who Jesus is, as you walk with him, we see, um, I'm sorry, I may have said Moses earlier, but it's Abraham believed in God. Um, and it was counted to him as righteousness, so he was counted as a friend. That's what James says. Uh, it's Abraham. So as Abraham walked with him um, and followed God, that this relationship was built and he was seen because he believed and followed after him that he was counted as a friend, right? So we grow into friendship with God, but God generally loves his creation, loves his people, John has stated this in John 3.16, right? For God so loved the world that he sent his son that none should perish and that the whole world would have eternal life, that none should perish. Granted, he, he calls us to participate in that process as we've talked about. This love, agapao, is sort of a general sense of love. And I, I want to steer your eyes um, to Ephesians 2, right at the very start. It's this beautiful picture of God's choosing of us, that it lays so much identity that we don't find who we are outside of him and, and what he's called us to, what he's chosen us to participate in. In Ephesians 1, um, talking about God's choosing of us. It says, Blessed be the God and Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before him. In love he predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself, according to the kind intentions of his will, to the praise and the glory of his grace, which he freely bestowed on us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, 
the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished on us. In all wisdom and insight, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his kind intentions, which he purposed in us with a view to an administration suitable to the fullness of the times, that is, the summing up of all things in Christ, things in the heavens and things on the earth. In him also we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to his purpose, who works all things after the counsel of his will, to the end that we who were the first to hope in Christ would be to the praise and the glory of God. In him you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit and purpose, who is given as a pledge of our inheritance with a view to the redemption of God's own possession to the praise of his glory. I get all fired up with that. That is so encouraging to me that he loves us in in such a general sense, but also a very intimate sense that he chose us and through Christ, his love is accessible. His person is accessible to us. And we see blessing, we see gifting, we see inheritance, we see all of these things that are bestowed on us. I think Jesus, uh, or John, is, is painting a picture in the beginning of this story that he loved Mary, Martha, and Lazarus in in yes, this general choosing, which is an intimate choosing, that he would choose them to walk in the inheritance that he has, to walk in the fullness of life that he has provided for us through his blood, through the cross, through the work of defeating sin and death. But he also calls us into a friendship of knowing his plans and his purposes, that we would participate in his rescue plan, that we would know him and that we would love him and we would be called his friends. You'll notice that Abraham, as he walked with God, it changed his life. It changed his direction. It changed the way he lived, the way he operated, the direction of his life. You see the same thing with his disciples. That as Jesus said, come and follow me out of Agabao, right? He chose them to come and follow him, right? And then they grew into this friendship that it changed the direction of their life. They were fishermen and various different tax collectors and various different occupations. But once they encountered Jesus and became friends of him, it changed the direction of their life. It changed the focus of their life. Jesus is the friend that will guide you into the purpose of why you were created because he created you for that purpose. He's calling you into this friendship. Jesus calls you friend. Would you approach the God of the universe, your creator, the one who knit you together in your mother's womb, 
as a friend. Isn't that amazing that he doesn't call us into a relationship where he domineers over us or has this power over us, but he calls us into an intimate friendship that he would guide you into his purposes. I love that, how, how one of the fruits of his spirit is gentleness, and he gently and kindly calls us into relationship with him. As you approach God in the coming days, would you ask him if there is anything hindering you from calling him friend? Would you work that out with him? Would you come to a place where you would, you would call him friend? Jesus, do I see you as the friend who chose me? Yes, in a, in a more general sense, but, but are you calling me into this intimacy? And how do I get there, Lord? Would you spend that time with him this week? Would you talk with him as a friend? Would you listen to him as your friend? You are a friend of God. Be blessed by this this weekend or whenever you're listening. I'm so excited to continue in this story and we'll, we'll go a little further next week. I love you guys and we'll talk then. Looking forward to it.